Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. It's hot here, but don't worry. In the casinos and in the showrooms, it's very cool. Up first, you'll meet Jen Kramer, a wonderful magician and mentalist who plays at the Westgate. You'll also meet one of Vegas's hottest chefs, James Trees, who is the proprietor of Esther's Kitchen and Al Solito Pasto, considered two of the very best in all of Las Vegas. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here. The topic, the resumption of the construction on the exciting new entertainment venue, The Sphere. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go tonight. Let's go tonight. Let's go to Vegas. We'll stay up all night. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's get away. Who wants to live forever when we can have the day? Magic is a big part of the Las Vegas scene. We all know it. But here's something that's a little bit different. We have a woman magician, which I think is great. I don't know why there aren't more, but we're going to find out. Her name is Jen Kramer, and that's got nothing to do with anything because you got to see her. Her shows are fantastic. You can see them over at the Westgate on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, 5 o'clock starting time, which I kind of like that, to be honest with you, because I I don't want to stay out till all hours in the morning. I guess it's showing my age, but this is a great act to see. Jen, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. I have to ask you right off the bat, was... Being a magician, something when you were growing up, you had thought of right away? Yes, and thank you for having me, Stephen. It's great to be here. When I was 10 years old, that's when my journey in magic began. My Uncle Steve, for my 10th birthday, gave me a book called The Royal Road to Card Magic, which to this day, that that gift he gave me is uh, one of my most treasured possessions because it really did change my life. And from that point on, I just started reading as many magic books as I can. I joined a young magician's group, started performing at birthday parties and bar and bat mitzvahs and just getting as much of that uh, flight time as possible, as Lance Burton would say. (laughs) Well, it's so important. But did you look out, you know, when you were watching whatever shows were showing magicians at the time and so forth and you're reading them, where are the female magicians? Because it is a a kind of a really male-oriented business. It's true that magic historically really has been a a very male-dominated field, but I am excited to see that the magic world is heading in a direction now where more and more women are getting involved as magicians, which really makes me so happy to see because I'm such a supporter of fellow women in magic, and I think that uh, diversity in magic is so important, diversity of all kinds, diversity of gender, of age, of race, of geographical diversity, and I think uh, women in magic makes magic as a whole, you know, the the entire field of magic richer. And so I, I just, you know, it's been such a meaningful, important part of my life. And it, uh, you know, makes me just thrilled to see more and more young girls and women uh, developing an interest in magic and, and pursuing that as magicians. Well, in addition to magic, you're a mentalist. We want to talk about that a lot. But you have a fascinating background. And let, let's people think that all you were doing was playing 
magic acts and so forth growing up. Uh, you're a graduate of Yale. You speak four languages, black belt and karate. Are you just one of those people that kind of looking for fun things to do and you're always interested in learning things? I am always interested in learning. Uh, that is true. I love, you know, even even with the show itself, I, you know, I'm proud of what we've created so far with, with my show at Westgate, but I'm always looking to improve it and to make it better. And I see it as something that's continually evolving, and I love that. So I, I do love to learn. Well, if people haven't seen you, they've got to go do this. Uh, you can see for yourself if you look up in TripAdvisor. They highly recommend it. We've had some p- listeners that said, oh, we love her. Aww. And they keep, th- they keep hearing about you've got this great smile, which sort of disarms people. And your sleight of hand is world class. And talk about how you develop an act. Because it's one thing to do those tricks, like you said, when you were learning that growing up and so forth. But to put an act on, there's so much more to it. Uh, was that like a process to get to that point where you felt comfortable? You have to have humor. You've got to make people feel comfortable. How does that work? Absolutely. It's a great question. And there are so many moving pieces that go into making an act what it is. And uh, growing up in magic, performing, and, and when I graduated from college, I moved out to Las Vegas. And at the time, you know, I was doing corporate events, I was doing college shows, and was working at all these different venues. And so the process of developing an act, I think... Uh, many magicians would, would start from, well, where are you performing that act and who's coming to see you perform? Because the acts that you might perform for a, a college audience might be very different from uh, an act that you would perform for, let's say, a, a Las Vegas audience, which could be very different from if you're performing at a private event or at a corporate event. And so I think, uh, you know, sort of keeping in mind, well, where are you performing? Your magic is a part of it. And then for me, another big piece has been collaboration and and that's another wonderful thing about Las Vegas and the showbiz community in Las Vegas. I think, you know, people joke there are more magicians per square foot here than anywhere. And I think, uh, you know, it really is a special community. I, I love the magic community. I love being able to work with and collaborate with other magicians who each specialize in different aspects of magic and performance and being able to help each other out and to contribute to each other's work is something that uh, that really means a lot to me. Does working in Vegas kind of keep you at the top of your game because right down the street you got Penn and Teller you got some of the best magicians you mentioned Lance Burton before all different types and I think you know what you do is different than what they do and is that sort of the thing where okay well I'm competing in a sense with all these different magicians so how can I make my act a little bit different yeah, I think all magicians, uh, you know, really want to put their own twist on the magic. And that's part of what I love about the magic community as well is you can see magic in so many different ways. You go to one magic show and then you go to another magic show and they can be, you know, two wonderful experiences, but totally different from each other. And, you know, the magicians who you mentioned, like Penn and Teller and David Copperfield, are phenomenal. And I've admired them ever since I was a kid. And I love, you know, I feel like just being able to to perform a show in Las Vegas like like they do. It's been such a long-time dream of mine. I'm just super grateful to, to have the opportunity to, to do it. But I think, uh, you know, from for my experience, the, the magic community and the people who I spend time with in the magic community are, it's been such a supportive group. And so I feel like we all rise up together. We all kind of push each other, push each other to, to improve and to, and to, uh, to share better and better magic with audiences. And so I, uh, you know, I, I absolutely love the fellow magicians uh, who I've you know, been fortunate enough to connect with in this town. And uh, you know, again, just feel uh, super uh, appreciative of the opportunity to perform here in Las Vegas. 
you know, collaboration and working with fellow magicians. This goes back to your college days, right? Because uh, at Yale, you were the founder and president of the Yale Magic Society. So I guess that part of getting like-minded people together and seeing how you can improve each other is really uh, goes back to your college days. That's true. That's true. And I think, uh, you know, when I went to Yale, it, I, I I will sometimes joke with people that, uh, you know, I went to Yale because Hogwarts from Harry Potter wouldn't take me. But uh, <laughs> but Yale is, you know, it really does have that kind of Harry Potter feel to it. You you know, you're walking on campus and the Gothic architecture, it, it feels very magical. And so I uh, fully expected that there would already be a magic group uh, on on campus. And at the time there wasn't. So I found some other magicians floating around campus and started the group. And that's really what I loved most about it was that sense of community, being able to get feedback on each other's work, being able to perform together on campus and in the New Haven community. I think, you know, having that shared passion for magic and this this thing that we could bond over that we all loved and we, you know, we all wanted to, to give each other positive uh, feedback and encouragement. I think, you know, having that sense of community is, uh, is something that in college was very important to me and, and remains important to me to this day. Back with more from magician and mentalist Jen Kramer in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate a lower tax bill. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts. But you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will fight for you using industry secrets that can stop any IRS actions, eliminate penalties and interest, and reduce your past tax bill. So you pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor now for a free IRS audit emergency review. Call 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. Again, 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel it's that easy so call now and start packing call right now 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 that's 
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Jen Kramer, who headlines her own show at the Westgate Resort and Casino. Jen was named Female Magician of the Year by the International Magician Society and has been featured on television shows including Penn & Teller, Fool Us, Masters of Illusion, and NBC's Today Show. Well, we talked about your magic mentalist. I'm fascinated by this, and I wonder, first of all, just a a simple-minded question, but I always wonder, are you looking when you when you interact with people in the audience and so forth for people, not people that you can just uh, make fun of, I don't mean it that way, but people that are kind of open to it? I mean, is there something you look for in people or they're not going to fight you when you try to do some of these kind of things? Sure. And, and I think audience participation for me is something that uh, is one of my favorite parts of doing the show because it means that every single night show that we do is a little bit different because every audience is different and the audience really makes the show what it is. So I definitely embrace that audience participation element. And when it comes to deciding who to choose, I will definitely look out for people's body language. I'll watch, you know, if I know that there's a segment of the show where I'm looking for someone who's going to really have fun and just be in the moment. I'll, you know, during the beginning of the show, prior to that segment, I'll kind of be observing the audience and thinking to myself, okay, who, who's extra engaged, who has a big smile on their face, who, who looks like they might like to participate and be a part of this? Because, you know, after all, it's all about having fun. It's all about connecting with people. So, you know, I look to choose people who are going to enjoy the experience and, and have fun with me. And, and, you know, and then we can have some of those fun kind of in the moment improv kind of moments that I think, uh, you know, I think audiences enjoy because I think they can sense that it really is just happening on this particular night at this particular show. And so I think there's there's a real magic to those kinds of moments. Yeah. And I think people like my, my father would have loved you because the one thing he didn't want to do was that. So you're not looking for somebody like him. You're not one of those type that are going to kind of try to bring the shy person up and work with them, are you? No, you know, I, I really want to choose somebody who, who wants to be a part of it. And, you know, and if, and if there's somebody who doesn't want to be a part of it, I definitely don't want to push them to do something that they're not comfortable doing. So, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's all about I want people to come to the show and to have a great time. And whether that's participating in the show, coming on stage or not, I, I just want them to leave having had a really positive experience. I want them to leave with a smile on their face. Well, and they can hear from your voice uh, just a, a sense of, like, I'm going to have a good time there. I mean, you really feel it. And one of the things we didn't talk about but is really important, and you kind of alluded to it when you're talking about get, preparing for all these different audiences, comedy is a big part of this, right? I mean, magic doesn't work. It's very difficult to work if it's just pure, serious, uh, here's this activity, look at that. I mean, people are there to have fun. So comedy has to play a part of this. For me, I, I love incorporating comedy because, like you said, it's it's about the fun. It's about people coming and having a great time. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes there are these situational comedy moments as well where someone in the audience might say something especially funny or something might happen uh, that's out of the ordinary. And I think just being able to sort of be present and in the moment and have fun with those moments. I mean, I, I genuinely love performing. I love getting the chance to connect with people and to interact with them and to have fun with them. So I, I really do have a blast. And, and I hope that that is something that is, is contagious and that uh, you know people come to the show and, and that they leave 
uh, thinking to themselves, wow, I, I just, you know, I had a lot of fun. And, and that it's something that the whole family can, can enjoy as well, that it doesn't matter if you're seven years old or if you're 70, that you can come and you can smile and laugh and, uh, and, and have a good time. And if you have people in the audience that are 14, 15, 16, and say, wow, I love what she does. I would love to do that. What do you recommend? I mean, I guess the first thing is you got to practice, 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 right? Sure, sure. And, you know, for me, I, I was a big reader as a kid. I still am. I love books. And so it was books that got me started in magic initially. But now, I mean, there are so many incredible resources. I still absolutely recommend books like The Royal Road to Card Magic, the, the classics of of magic, but there are also, you know, incredible resources online. There's, you know, from YouTube to magic websites that are dedicated specifically to uh, learning magic and where you can watch incredible magic tutorial, you know, instructional videos and lectures from some of the, the, the smartest minds in the magic world, you know, who have invented and, and uh, just come up with some, some really amazing things. So I'd say if that if you are interested in learning magic, that a uh, great place to start could be books and also and also the internet. You know, you can find uh, some really amazing resources, uh, and and you can also delve into whatever type of magic interests you the most. You know, for me, I, I got started with card magic and then sort of expanded to other branches of magic. But if you're someone who loves whatever it might be, coin magic or mentalism or comedy magic. Whatever type of magic it is that you want to learn more about, there are resources specifically dedicated to that type of magic that you can dive into. Well, you mentioned mentalism versus like the coin magic and so forth. Is it is it a different skill set that you need for that kind of thing? Because, it, you know, again, they're not exactly the same thing. Right. And I think the interesting thing about, about mentalism, and, and for any listeners who are kind of wondering, what's this mentalism all about? It it really is uh, is it has to do with, with mind reading magic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think a cool thing about mentalism is that it can be something that really involves the audience member you're performing for the, the spectator, you know, if you're, if you're reading their mind and telling them about their first kiss and, and of course, you know, you're, you're not, uh, you're not claiming to be a psychic or to have any real mm-hmm. psychic powers, but, but just to create the, the illusion. And, and again, you know, for me, it's, it's about having fun. It's about connecting with people, but I think, you know, a cool element of that mind reading type of magic and that, that mentalism is that, you know, people can feel, uh, sort of an extra connection to it if if it is if the content of it is about them if you're you know reading their mind about what it is that they like to do or a person who's important to them in their life or uh, you know something that that really personally connects with them on a on a deeper level but i think uh you know mentalism for me is it's just another another form of uh, of of entertainment that hopefully people feel uh, engaged with and, and feel like they can participate in and, and be a part of because for me that's kind of what it all comes down to is that element of human connection and, and that's why I love the, the audience participation in the show. Well I gotta ask you because I ask all the magicians that I went to school in Los Angeles and the one thing I remember if anybody ever came through the one thing they wanted to do if they liked magic was the magic castle. Did you uh, Have you performed out there and did you get involved in any of that stuff? Yes so I have performed at the Magic Castle, and I'm a member as well. And and what a special place that is! I mean, there's really no place quite like it. You you walk in, and and it is just so immersive. There's magic everywhere in the theaters, and 
it's you know it's this for, for any listeners who uh, who don't know about it it's it's this incredible magic clubhouse in Hollywood and you walk in and there's a strict dress code so everybody is in formal evening wear and it feels like you know it's this old Victorian mansion so it kind of feels like you've traveled back in time but it's a really elegant special experience for sure and I I, I loved getting the chance to perform there. More with magician Jen Kramer, who is appearing at the Westgate Hotel and Casino in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. This is Justin Shando, the 2010 Ultimate Elvis tribute artist. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are chatting with Jen Kramer, whose Westgate show, The Magic of Jen Kramer, is a TripAdvisor Traveler's Choice Award winner. The show features mind-boggling magic and mentalism, audience participation, and family fun. Yeah, I remember I, I went there once, and yeah, it's exactly how you describe it. And one of the things I found is... We were with a big group of people, and some people absolutely, you know, I don't like this. I don't care about magic, blah, blah, blah. And yet they left going, wow, that was fascinating. It is just something, it, I don't know if, if it's the, the place or, or the enthusiasm everybody brings there, but everybody can enjoy that. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, you know that that's another special thing about the Magic Castle is that it is a venue dedicated specifically to magic. It, you know, people go to the Magic Castle because they want to see magic. And I think, uh, you know, the, the fact that magicians from all around the world uh, perform at the Magic Castle, you get a chance to see such a variety of different types of magic and, and to have a venue that is really dedicated specifically to uh, this art that we love so much is, is something very special. Now, just hearing from you and, of course, seeing your act and so forth, people are going to be surprised. You're actually a black belt in karate. Uh, well, how did you get into that? Was that just kind of a, well, in case I have any trouble with any of the audience, I want to be able to protect myself. <laughs> wow, Stephen, you've done your research. So I, uh, I started learning Shotokan karate when I was a kid, and I uh, was fascinated by it, so I, I did it very seriously for uh, about seven years and got my black belt when I was 14, and uh, I am a bit out of practice now, but I have to say, some of that really does stick in your muscle memory, and uh, <laughs> I recently was, was trying to remember the katas, and, and I was amazed at, uh, at, at how much I managed to, to remember, even though it was from, from years ago. Your family must have been fun growing up. I mean, I don't know nothing about them, but just in terms of the way your life kind of came out, it sounds like you had a really good childhood. I did. I, you know, I was super fortunate to have, uh, you know, wonderful parents, two younger sisters I love so much. And, uh, yeah, my family has been incredibly supportive. Uh, and yeah, I grew up on Long Island, so I would, when I started learning magic, would go to the city to, 
uh, meet with the Young Magicians group. And I remember, you know, at the time when I first joined the group, I was too young to travel to the city on my own. So my dad would take me to the meetings. And I just, uh, yeah, very fortunate to have such a supportive family. And, and I know growing up, my parents always said to me, they said, do what you love, because if you do something that you really care about, that you really love to do, you'll be motivated to work really hard at it and you'll succeed at it. So I think uh, that's a message that has really stayed with me ever since. Your sisters, uh, they didn't get into performing arts? They, uh, I have one of my sisters plays guitar. She's a wonderful uh, singer and, and songwriter, but neither of them uh, ended up becoming magicians. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> one, they, one they, for they, the family. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Yes. So what's next for you? I mean, you're at the Westgate, which is a great place. I mean, that must be fun, right? You're playing in the same place that uh, Elvis played, not to mention a lot of other big names. The Westgate is, is an incredible place, and, and I feel so grateful to have the opportunity to do my show here. It's such a historic property. Uh, the Westgate was originally, it was the International, it was the Las Vegas Hilton. Like you said, Elvis performed hundreds of sold-out shows right here on this property. Barbara Streisand and Liberace and all of these these legends in, in show business. And so I just you know feel very honored to have the chance to to do my show at such a special place. And the Westgate also, it, it really feels like a family. I love the people I work with. We have, you know, such a, such a close relationship. And so far at Westgate, we've done 360 shows. And I'm just so excited to, uh, to continue performing the show here and uh, would, love to, would love to have you there anytime you're in town. Well, that's a good point. And all the convention people that come out and the conventions are back in town, thank God. And uh, we want to just let people know that the Westgate right there, you can see one of the really great acts in town, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 5 o'clock. Like I say, you like that time? Because I think it's a great time because it's nighttime, but it's not too late. You probably get a pretty good mix of people, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes, and especially being a family-friendly show, it really works out well because it is something where, you know, if you're if you're a family, you can come bring the kids before their bedtime. You can come see a show. You can have dinner at one of the wonderful restaurants here at Westgate and make a whole night of it. I know you do some corporate gigs, and those are great for you, but you would be great at anybody that wants to do it. Uh, Jen is fantastic. So let's tell people how they get a hold of you. Where's your website, and what's the best way to reach you? So my website is magicofgen.com. So that's magic, O-S-J-E-N.com. And there's a link on there, to, links to Ticketmaster, where you can uh, get tickets to the show at Westgate every Friday through Sunday at 5 o'clock. And then on social media, I'm at Jen Kramer Magic. So J-E-N-K-R-A-M-E-R Magic on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And would love to, uh, to connect with your listeners. Well, thank you, Jen, and believe me, you're going to want to connect with her when you get into town, or you can do it online, like what she said. Jen, thank you so much. We look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much, Stephen. This has been a blast. In Las Vegas, there's a lot of famous, great restaurants on the Strip, but there are some great ones in some of the outer areas, like near downtown and stuff. And, boy, one place that our Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, mentioned to me that you have to go is Esther's Kitchen. And we're here with Chef James Trees. Chef, uh, you're really making a name for yourself here. How do you go about doing something? I mean, I saw you you had the, all the right training and so forth. You pick a place like this, which is kind of hard to find. Do you just let the, do you let the good word get out, which apparently it has? <laughs> 
Um, really what it came down to was I was coming back home. So when I decided to open in the Arts District, I was looking for a real neighborhood. And this feels like a real neighborhood in a city that doesn't like always have reality attached to it. And I think, you know, what we're doing here is just very... Um, at its core, simple, good food. Well, yeah, it's a great... I mean, I grew up... I'm an Italian guy, so I grew up with this stuff. And, I, you know, he's starting to tell me this, and my, my mouth's starting to water, because what you've done is really uh, taken some of that great uh, great training and so forth, but bring it back to really good Italian food. Yeah, you're not an Italian guy. How did you learn to cook such great Italian food? Well, the funny thing is, I grew up um, on the east side of Vegas, and my mom's a teacher, so I was never... Dinner wasn't always on the table, so I was always eating at my best friend's house, who actually works here during the daytime. His name is Alfio, and Alfio, his dad and his mother are phenomenal cooks. He's from uh, Melfi in Italy, and so I had the opportunity to learn that flavor profile from him and then apply, like you said, the technique that you learn at you know restaurants like Le Bernard and restaurants like you know working for Gordon Ramsay and Michael Mina and all that. And what you do is you take the elements of the fine dining and apply them to food that everyone can already comprehend and like you know and you just raise the bar a little bit so uh i tell people all the time like our bread and butter is bread and butter like we have to nail something so simple as bread everyone knows what spaghetti and meatballs taste like our baseline is the your nona's version like if we're not better than that like that, then then we shouldn't be doing anything else. More with superstar chef James Trees in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. Call 800-923-8625. That's 800-923-8625. 800-923-8625. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel it's that easy so call now and start packing 
call right now, 800-267-1806, 800-267-1806, 800-267-1806. That's 800-267-1806. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to Chef James Trees of Esther's Kitchen and El Salito Posto. Before opening his own places, Chef Trees worked with Michael Mina, and for five years he worked with Chef Gordon Ramsay on both Kitchen Nightmares and Hell's Kitchen. James says this experience allowed him to share his knowledge of how independent restaurants became profitable and allowed James to refine his understanding of the pitfalls of the business. How is it so good? It's funny that we, we search out these restaurants and so forth, yet when people ask that some of the greatest meals, they remember that their childhood. And for you to do that, it's just fantastic. And I think, you know what, the Arts District, it, it, it's, coming, it's coming of age. You know, you can see where it's, it's, it's grown up, things are nice around here. It's got its own kind of uh, quirky feel to it. And a restaurant like this, people, it's a good reason to come out here. Yeah, I mean, like, coming down the Arts District is, like, it's a, actually more of an adventure than people actually expect it to be. Because, like, once you get down here, you realize there's all these awesome shops and artists and galleries. And you have all this culture that's actually happening. And all, like, the local artists who reside in this area, they're the people who work in my restaurant. I didn't go to the Strip and hire a bunch of resumes. I didn't go, like, find guys from who worked at Robichon or worked at Michael Mina or worked at Gordon Ramsay's Steak. I don't want those guys. Those guys are about boosting up a check average and taking home $400 a night. Like, that's not the people I want. I want the people who really care about every single person who comes down here and that's how we built our staff and so like when people say it's like oh my gosh i've never been down here i'm like well this is the jumping off point now walk down to rebar and see what they're doing there where it's like where it's this really cool dive bar slash antique store walk across the street and have cocktails at uh at velveteen rabbit and see what the girls are doing over there some of the most inventive cocktails in the city come over to the you know the best new cocktail bar in the city jammy land and have uh, a rum based cocktail walk by all these beautiful places you know go to cornish pasty have a beer you know grab grab a dessert the banoffee pie is awesome and you know and play a free game of pool like nowhere else in the city can you do that like you always go somewhere you show up you do the thing and then you leave like that's not the experience of the arts the arts district is just so much more enveloping so much more real than all these other places like if you go to Boca Park you go to Kona Grill you eat some crappy sushi and you fucking go home right but that's the thing is like you don't have to do that here this could be so much more so we want it to be well absolutely and you know there's plenty of parking here and for visitors you know it's a place that you might not read about in the uh, tour guides, but trust me, it's a lot of fun. And if nothing else, you're going to have an incredible meal. Uh, I, I got to tell you, James, I, I've been hearing around here, the, the crowds are excited. You know, the, the critics love it. So what's next? I understand you were looking to uh, add a few more. So the whole entire idea of, of Esther's is it's a neighborhood restaurant. And what I feel is that maybe there's some other underserved neighborhoods and I want to get to them. But really what it comes down to is my team. So the person who's going to be leading the new restaurant up at Tivoli is Sonia. She's our bar director. I mean, she came from Catania in San Francisco. She totally understands hospitality at a, at a level that 
Las Vegas really needs in a real way. Um, and then the chef of that restaurant is going to be Dylan. He's been with me for three and a half years, even though I know we've only been open a year. He was one of my cooks at Superba in El Segundo and opened that restaurant with me. So he understands the 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 needs of the business. And as he grows as a culinarian and as a professional, I want to not lose people. I want to build a family. So we're opening another restaurant at Tivoli and it's going to be a neighborhood restaurant and it's going to be focused around uh, a little more pizza, a little less pasta than here. And then a really cool ice cream concept that Dylan's always wanted to do. And so like what we were talking about is a chef driven seasonal ice cream concept. That's part of the business over there. You know, great ice cream is always wonderful. And in a place that gets into the hundreds most of the year, uh, we could really appreciate it. I'm telling folks, you're going to love this place. Let's give people an idea because people are hearing this all over the country that have no idea. You know, they're used to uh, the strip. Maybe they know a little bit about downtown. Like I say, you search this out. It's not very far. What's on the menu? Okay, give them the idea of the menu because it makes my mouth water in its simplicity, actually. So, I mean, it's all the things that you'd really want to have. Like, we have uh, great spaghetti and meatballs. We have we make our bread in-house. Uh, cacio e pepe, just like three-ingredient pastas. Like, really, really simple, classic Italian food, but just done really well and consistently. And we really ma- we make all the pasta in-house. We don't use any dried pasta ever. Um, we just want to do things the best that can be done. We use a ton of seasonal products. A lot of our product comes from uh, my favorite farmers in California, and I get dinged all the time for not talking about this enough but we use 100% organic produce we don't use any uh, GMO products we don't use anything that has glycophosphate including our flowers are all from Italy or they're from uh, central milling in Utah I mean these are things that like we really really care about so even people who are a little gluten intolerant can have our pastas can have our, our pizzas can have our bread and they don't have any reaction the same way people's like oh when I went to Italy I had the bread and no reaction like well come have our bread I promise you, you won't have a reaction, like, except for the fact that you'll actually enjoy eating bread again, you know? Um, and, and really what it's about, it's about a community restaurant and about, you know, we're not trying to um, run up a check. All of our wine is priced very affordably. We do $40 a bottle, $10 a glass on all the reds. And we have, you know, wines that are on the menus in the big hotels at $160, $200 a bottle. It's just not about overcharging for things. It's all about quality and value and a place where you can come, have dinner, and still pay your rent. Yeah. Well, and it kind of reminds you of the places that people grew up with great Italian food with New York, Chicago, San Francisco, where there were these great neighborhood places where you knew, like you said, you always knew you were going to get a good meal. It was going to be a fair price. And I think if you come once, you're going to come uh, as many times as possible every time you visit out here. So, Chef, what a great pleasure. Let's tell people how they can get here. All right, so we are in the Arts District, obviously, um, and our cross streets are uh, Casino Center and California. That sounds good. Uh, reservations uh, welcome? Highly recommended on Open Table. Uh, most likely, if you don't have a reservation, the wait can go up to two hours. And it's worth it. Chef, we will see you again, hopefully, at the new place out in, uh, where is it again? Where is it going to be? It's going to be in uh, Tivoli Village. Another great little Italian neighborhood there. Hey, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Your Vegas Insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is back again this week. Today's topic is The Sphere, the incredible music facility currently being constructed behind the Venetian and the wind. We thought that wasn't going to happen. It sounded like a pipe dream for Madison Square Garden. I still think they're kind of doing it as a trial to see what could happen. But uh, you think this thing's going to be as special as they talk about? Because, like you mentioned, a lot of times over the last several years, 
just because you have a lot of seats doesn't mean you're going to fill them up. Yeah, it's a great question because there's I evaluate it in two different ways. Is it going to be amazing? Yes. Is it going to have a wow factor? Absolutely. The technology, the experience, it's going to be one of a kind, really. I think they're building another one. It's still going to be one of a kind because it's in Vegas. But... So the other hat I put on is like on the business side. This thing is going to cost $1.8 billion more than the Allegiant Stadium, the new home of our new football team, the Las Vegas Raiders. This theater, essentially, is going to cost as much as a stadium. So on the business side, I don't see how it pencils out. Uh, more power to them for doing it, especially during a very difficult time because construction costs have been difficult. You know, the supply chain has been interrupted. They're still building this thing, and they're, it's starting to look like a thing now. Uh, we're in the Venetian. You look out the parking garage and this thing, it's beautiful, and it's going to have a video screen outside. It's going to have a video screen inside. It's going to have the best sound system of any theater probably on Earth. How much do you have to charge for a ticket to make it profitable? Can you make back $2 billion on a, on a space like this where there's not going to be sports? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of corporate business, presumably. Uh, but So I'd rather focus on the positive, and the positive side is this thing is going to be spectacular. I think it's going to be eye-catching. I think it changes the, the, the just the sheer thrill factor of looking at the strip overall. It's going to be another fixture like the high roller Ferris wheel like the stratosphere. I think it's going to be in that mix of things that you just have to see. And then time will tell how it works out on the business side. There's a lot of smart people involved. And uh, I always hope for the best for these big projects. But as a conversation piece, I think it's in the mix of Elon Musk's transportation system. I think it's in the mix of the Raiders. Uh, there's a lot of talk about other professional sports teams possibly coming to Vegas. I think it's in that mix of like, now this is your on your short list of bucket list things you have to do because this thing is going to be spectacular. Thanks, Scott. Remember, check out Vital Vegas every day to find out what is happening in Las Vegas. That's vitalvegas.com. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Las oh, Vegas, here we go! Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. Call right now. 800-267-1806. 800-267-1806. 800-267-1806. That's 800-267-1806.